Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. I want to introduce you to the Kamilkas family, uh, missionaries to Russia. Love this family. We've supported them here at Faith. Uh, they're out of Valley Forge Baptist Church there in Pennsylvania. Constantine, Nadia, and the kids doing a super job in an obvious uh, hot spot in the world, uh, but uh, just focused on the gospel, reaching people for Christ. So remember uh, the Kamilkas family, if you would, today in your prayers. And speaking about prayer, we're in the Garden of Gethsemane learning a little bit about praying and how Jesus prayed on what represented really the darkest day of his life. Because this night was also part of the next morning, which was crucifixion morning. So as you think about evening and morning were the first day, this is a really, really pressure-filled time in Jesus' life. The disciples have already failed. Jesus has gone a little bit farther. He's praying, oh, my father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as as I will, but as thou wilt. He comes back. The disciples are sleeping. He says specifically to Peter, couldn't you just watch with me one hour? I mean, come on, watch and pray that you've entered not into temptation. The spirit indeed is ready. There's a willingness on your part, Paul even spoke about that, for to will is present with me. But how to perform that which I would, I don't know how. And that's where these men are. And Jesus is giving them a great spiritual secret that there is strength and provision in prayer as we prostrate ourselves before our Father, our Abba Father, and receive the strength that comes only from Him. Now, look at verse number 39 of Mark chapter 14. So verse number 39. And again, he went away and prayed and spake the same words. So you might be thinking, well, wait a minute. Doesn't the Bible say that we're not supposed to just pray the same words? I mean, isn't that vain repetition? The answer is no, that's not vain repetition. It's not wrong to be repetitious in prayer. It's wrong to be vainly repetitious in prayer. You know, to pray some formulaic prayer. If you say this five times or pray that seven times or say this 11 times and somehow God's going to do something magical for you. No, obviously that's just, that's crazy. But what Jesus is doing here is he's praying sincerely. And this sincere prayer enunciates itself in like the same words. This is the same topic. Jesus taught about that in Matthew chapter 6 when he said, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So the point here is not that saying the same words or staying on the same topic is wrong. It's certainly not. 
It's that we should never be in a place of prayer where we're just saying words. We're merely saying words, and there's no heart or meaning behind them. Certainly, when Jesus goes back this second hour to pray the same words, to stay on the same topic, it's just as passionate and as heartfelt and as meaningful as it was the first hour. Look at verse number 39. So again, he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he was returned, so now he's been gone, now the second hour. And when he returned, he found them asleep again. So the rebuke, first of all, the command didn't do anything to keep them awake. The rebuke didn't help them to stay awake. And now he comes back the second time and their eyes were heavy. The Bible says, neither wist they what to answer him. So Jesus again said, men, could you not watch with me one hour? And yet the Bible says they just didn't know what to say. Sometimes our our behavior is so strikingly and obviously disobedient that it really, we don't know what to say when the rebuke comes. And perhaps the rebuke at this point was a, a simple knowing look from the Lord. But the point was, there was no excuse. There was really no way to couch this. And so they just didn't know what to say. I think about that instance on the Mount of Transfiguration when the Bible says that Peter had said when he saw Moses and Elijah, he said, oh, it's good for us to be here. Let let us build three tabernacles, one for you, Lord, and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And what's interesting, and we talked about this some weeks ago, is the reason why Peter said that was because the Bible says he didn't know what to say. So he said something that was really not too smart to say. So I I would say this, if you don't know what to say, it's probably better not to say anything. Because the worst thing to do when you don't know what to say is to say something, because you're going to say the wrong thing. The Bible says these disciples were chagrined, they were no doubt convicted, and they had nothing to say. They were speechless. Look at verse number 41. And he cometh the third time. So this didn't happen once or twice. This happened three times. What's interesting about the number three is you see three related to the ministry of Peter. So Peter, for instance, disagreed with the Lord three times in the public ministry of Christ. He disagreed with him in Caesarea Philippi when he said, not so, Lord, we're not going to let you die. And Peter's, and Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. He disagreed with the Lord in the upper room when he said, though all men deny you, I won't. Even though you said I will, I won't. He disagreed with him. He disagreed with him in Acts chapter 10 when the Lord through a vision said, arise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, no, I won't do that because uh, I've never eaten anything common or unclean. I disagree with you, Lord. So three features largely in the ministry of Peter. Three times he disagreed with the Lord. Three times he denied the Lord. Three times the Lord came back to him uh, after this prayer. Three times the Lord said in John 21, lovest thou me, lovest thou me, lovest thou me more than these. Just seemed like Peter 
didn't get it the first time. Unless we be too critical of Peter, I wonder how many of us need three or four or more times in our life for the Lord to remind us about important things, uh, areas of obedience. Look at what it says here in verse number 41. He cometh the third time and saith unto them, sleep on now. In other words, it's too late. There was an opportunity for you to share with me in my grief. There was an opportunity for you to watch and to pray. But that opportunity has now passed. And what a sad statement that is, that opportunities have shelf lives. Every opportunity does. And summer ends, as the psalmist said, and we are not saved. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, regarding the days of Noah, when God said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. So there, there, there are opportunities today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. So there's a shelf life to opportunity. And Jesus had given these disciples multiple opportunities to watch and pray with him. And yet in each instance, they had failed. So now Jesus says in verse number 41, sleep on now, take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. It's too late. We're already there. Behold, the son of man. Remember, that's a title that Jesus often uses of himself in the book of Mark. And it would have a messianic overtones. The son of, the son of man is betrayed. It's even now in process. It's even now happening. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. What a statement. Look at verse number 42. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. So he's right here. It's coming right now. It's all upon us. Let's let's be going. Now, what Jesus did not say is, hey, quick, let's run. Let's get out of here. No, Jesus had been praying, and the prayer of Jesus if we study it here and in the other passages, was really a prayer of resignation. And when you put the passages together, what you realize is that God did answer his prayer. But what did God do? God didn't give him his request to let this cup pass because that was impossible. But he gave him the strength and the grace by which to move forward. And the angels came and strengthened him. Remember when the Bible says that? So, God did answer the prayer, uh, much like God answered the prayer of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, where Paul had asked for God to remove that thorn in the flesh. I'll be more profitable. My, my ministry will be more effective if this thorn in the flesh were removed, this messenger of Satan that buffets me. And yet, what did God say? God said, no, I have a deeper purpose for that burden. What you think is in inhibitor to your service is actually a contributor to your service. And that is because in your weakness, then I am strong. You rely upon me. I demonstrate my strength in a more obvious way. And so I'm going to give you not the answer to your prayer, but I'm going to give you grace to help in time of need. That's what's happening here. Jesus doesn't get his answer to his prayer per se, let this cup pass from me, but he receives the strength and the grace to move forward on the greatest mission that anybody who has ever lived or will live 
has ever embarked upon, the mission of seeking and saving that which was lost. So we're going to stop there, uh, end of verse number 42. We'll jump into the arrest, uh, the seizing of the Lord, his consequent trial or a preliminary trial at the house of Caiaphas. No time today for that, but we'll jump back into that next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.